Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Sports Virus Podcast, everybody. I'm Joe Castellano. We're brought to you, as always, by Kane's Tire in San Rafael, California, where they have had the lowest prices in Marin County for over 60 years. Well, today's guest is Steve Lennox from ESPN Radio. He anchors SportsCenter all night, does play-by-play, some college baseball. We've known each other a long time, going back to his days as a minor league baseball announcer. And we're going to talk a little baseball, some NFL, and touch on the NBA as well with Steve Lennox. Here's a conversation that we had on Wednesday. Well, Steve, thanks so much for joining me here today. Uh, the World Series has just concluded, which is kind of a bummer, I think, for both of us. I know how much you love baseball. So once it ends, it's just like, wait a minute, there are no more baseball games? Oh, but it was great to see Dusty win the World Series, even if you weren't rooting for the Astros. I mean, that, that was a long time coming. How are you doing, by the way? I'm doing well. And uh, it's, it's funny, Joe, because anytime anyone asks, you know, oh, you're rooting for Phillies or, or, or Astros, my first thing was I want Dusty Baker to win a World Series. <laughs> Case closed. Right. And, and I, was, I was glad. Not that I had to justify or validate the career that he's had. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to the Hall of Fame speech down the road. But, you know, just, just to be able to celebrate it, just to win it. And, you know, when, whenever they get those what are going to be gaudy rings, I'm sure, uh, he gets to put one on as the manager of, uh, of the Astros. So, uh, doing well. Thanks so much. Great hearing your voice and, uh, and and great talking with you. You know, baseball is going to be headed in a different direction next year. I mean, we're not going to have shifts anymore, which I think is a welcome relief. Uh, also, we're going to have the pitch clock. It's really going to be different to watch. I mean, hopefully the pace of the game will pick up and hopefully we won't have every player up there just trying to hit a home run. You know, especially I think it'll help the left-handed batters when they won't see those shifts anymore. I, at first, I wondered... You know, do you force a team to play a certain defense? Is that really right? But now I'm I'm getting more comfortable with the fact that not having shifts is probably good for baseball. What do you think? I'm looking forward to guy hitting, you know, making good hard contact, going back through the middle of the diamond, and thinking he's got to base it in the center field. And oh, there's the shortstop, or there's the second baseman. That's going to be a base hit again, or you know, at least they can shift up. You know, they can they can they can be up that way. But I agree, you know, that that second baseman, or if they move the third baseman over into short right field, taking base hits from right-handed batters. But you know, the the, the huge thing for me is that hitters have not they didn't adapt. I mean, we came up. You know, we we were in batting practice, and you know, I'm sure you're like me. Of you know, you still miss being around the you know the BP cage during our minor league days, and you know, go the other way, go up the middle, pull a couple. You know, the approach that the guys had as they came through the minor league system. You know, you got that whole left side of the infield to work with. Maybe they start doing that again. But yeah, I mean, your number nine hitter is still trying to hit the ball out of the ballpark, and you know, I. I I endured being in studio. Dave O'Brien, Marley, Ober- Marley Rivera had the call of the 15-inning game oh, wow, for the yeah. Indians and Rays. <laughs> yeah. And then the next weekend, I was in studio for the 18-inning game. Um, oh. and, 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 you know, how many times of, okay, we don't like the bunt. Well, you got the leadoff hitter on, and the next two guys hit, you know, lazy fly balls. Um, you know, so I, I really I want to see the approach to hitting come back um, <laughs> along those lines. Um the shift will be interesting. Talking with minor league broadcasters, the pitch clock, it, it has sped up the game. So maybe it's a n- new generation of pitchers coming through and, you know, of understanding that, you know, we have to work at a, at a faster pace uh, along those lines. Um, but, you know, overall for the shift, let's get back to hitters. Just, you know, 
yeah, I want I want to get on base. I want I want to I want to reach with a single, extend the inning, move the line. Um, you know, things like that rather than everyone trying to hit the ball out of the ballpark and you know and kind of go from there. So it's going to be interesting. Um, you know, we don't like batting average anymore, but batting averages should go up, I would think, um, now that they're not heading into the shift, um, you know, going forward. Yeah, I mean, it is hard for hitters when you think about how many pitchers come out and they're throwing 95-plus miles an hour these days. It it kind of happened suddenly, it seemed like to me, Steve, where, you know, just at one point, you know, when I was covering baseball a long time ago, if somebody threw 95, you'd be going, wow, that guy really can bring it. Now just everybody's doing it. So it's really tough for the hitters. And they've also got that breaking ball, it seems. You know, those guys coming out of the bullpen, they've got the 95-plus, but they've got that, you know, they've, they've, you know, a lot of them have that devastating breaking ball, too. So, you know, you're seeing a guy once, um, and that's it. You know, from the you know sixth inning on, fifth inning on, uh, you're seeing, you know, two, three different pitchers, uh, you know, during the course of those next at-bats. Um, yeah, the velocity's up, but, you know, Joe, you know, we you know, velocity's up, but velocity is also, I, I, you know, it, I don't think it gets talked about enough of, you know, we're taking radar readings different than, than what, you know, we would have in the past. And, you know, I, I think it was in the Nolan docu, Nolan Ryan documentary that I watched recently. Oh, I love and that. I go yeah. back and watch it again. It <laughs> facing was terrific, Nolan. But, yeah. You know, facing Nolan, you know, if you took Nolan Ryan at his absolute best with the current way they take the radar reading out of the hand, he's well above a hundred miles an hour oh, yeah. um, and we yeah. know what he was. So, you know, what, what the pitch is on the way to the plate. Yeah. They're throwing 95, but, and I had, a, I mean, I go back, there was a scout. He was like a brand new scout uh, to the industry, you know, and he was showing up in Batavia, you know, my first two years in minor league baseball. And he's telling me this, I'm like, Oh, you know how they take the radar reading and, you know, it, it's different and, you know, out of the hand, it's different than, you know, how it gets to the plate. And I'm like, well, you know, yeah, everyone throws harder if it's, you know, as it's coming out of the hand. So, you know, the, the velocity is phenomenal for what these guys are throwing these days. It is. Um, but it, it's just, it's, it's interesting that, you know, the way it is of, you know, now you're facing those two and three different pitchers a game. You've got the book on them, but now you're facing a guy that you, you know, you're only going to face once and he, and he can empty the tank in that one inning or, you know, the three batters or four batters that he's going to face uh, in his outing. I love the fact, you know, I, I, I thought I was going to be against the three batter minimum. Um, but, uh, you know, that, that, you know, okay, you know, three batters, three pitchers and, you know, that half inning went one, two, three, but it took 15 innings because we had, you know, two pitching changes in innings in the innings. I I like the fact that, okay, you know, and, and it's a shame that baseball had to go to that direction, but you know, analytics say, you know, lefty versus lefty matchup. And how many times have we seen, okay, you bring the lefty to face the lefty in. It doesn't actually work out that way. And, you <laughs> well, know, we, it's, it's not yeah. always with the numbers. We saw it in the last game of the World Series. I mean, we yes. saw a lefty brought in, and then Jordan Alvarez just, you know, hits a home run against Alvarado. And, you know, yeah, that brings up the point, too, about starters because these managers just don't don't trust in their starters to go more than five innings anymore. I, I think that's a bummer. I wish we could get back to at least the starter going six or seven. I'm not expecting them to throw perfect games all the time and, and complete games like they did in the past, but at least go five, six innings. How do we pay these guys going forward? I, I wonder if that's almost a thing that they're, you know, okay, this is way we can keep pitchers, and it doesn't seem like that because DeGrom has opted out, and DeGrom thinks he's going to get better than what Max Scherzer got from the Mets last offseason. But how are you how are you giving a guy, you know, $30 million going forward as a five-inning pitcher um, along those lines? And, you know, it is. I mean, Zach Wheeler could have continued to go, but – 
Rob Thompson would have had to have answered for it of people in the press box and, you know, even his own analytics department. No, we didn't want you using him a third time through or no, this was the matchup that, you know, it was time, you know, to, time to bring in the lefty to face right. a Jordan Alvarez. Right. And, and the pitchers nowadays, and I don't know if I ever shared this one with you. We were both at XM radio. I almost kind of got into an argument um, with Eric Bedard. It's a one, nothing game. <laughs> Orioles, Orioles right? He's I'm at Camden Yards, right? And uh, you know I'm 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 sort of you know the the you know I'm going to DC. I'm going to I'm going to national games. I'm going to Oriole games. I'm going to Philly games, and you know covering them a little bit more than just you know what we did as you know the the local guys doing it, the stringers and stuff. And you know the night you know post game, it's you know hey Eric, you know you you're in a one nothing game. This is an important part of the season. Was there conversation about you being taken out? I think it was Sam Perlaza. I'm like, did you did you fight to try to stand? Well, I was at my pitch count. I'm like, that's your answer? And a couple of the local guys being like, you're out of line there. I'm like, why am I out of line? How come, you know, and so it's not present day that these guys just know, hey, I'm done after five. And, you know, my, my I've run, you know, the tank is empty. And, you know, I've thrown my 75, 80 pitches. And, you know, I, I get to 100. And that's the magic number. You know, it's, it's, these guys are conditioned that way now. And, yeah. and I mean, you and I are, you know, far removed from minor league baseball, but we know that these guys don't go long in games and, you know, a manager would have to answer, Hey, you, you know, you worked a guy above 85 pitches. You weren't supposed to do that, you know, and that could be their job. You know, these guys, the mentality's not there for them, but that mentality has been there for a long time of how they're coddled and how they're, how, you know, I've, I've reached my number, you know, I'm not going any further. Um, you know, I mean, <laughs> Verlander is going to retire. Scherzer is going to retire. Kershaw is going to retire. And even those guys now know their limits of, you know, hey, I can't go 100, 110. The, they do have my best interest in mind. It's about pitching, you know, later in the season, but you got to get there to later in the season. But, you know, those guys, that mentality, you know, Jack Morris of the world, um, you know, Tom Seaver, you know, finish what you started no longer exists uh, in a starting pitcher's role. And I, like you, I missed that. I'm going to miss that going forward. Yeah, because I don't think it's coming back for sure. No. Uh, you know, you know what is coming back is the World Baseball Classic, which we had a chance to do play-by-play on that for XM Radio when it first started back in 2006. And I was in Phoenix, and then I was in uh, Puerto Rico, and it was really a great experience. I got to work with Mike Schmidt, and I got to work with Steve Lyons, and you were in Japan in the first yeah. round. Uh, tell us, yeah. what was that like the first time around doing the World Baseball Classic? That was amazing. It really was. And I, and I shared that recently with somebody in a conversation. Like, you were in Japan, and it, it was actually a friend. They're like, you went to Japan? I'm like, yeah, it was a long time ago, <laughs> but yeah, I was there because I had no idea. You know, that way it was really neat. My wife and I, you know, <laughs> before children, you know, to be able to, exp- you know, I experienced that. I mean, I didn't see Tokyo. We went out to dinner one night. I was, you know, you know, you know how it is. Airport, hotel, ballpark, hotel, rinse, wash and repeat, um, you know, going back and forth. It was a blur working with Arrestus Distraught over there. But remember, I came back and I was actually over there and uh, our bosses said, hey, you know, you're, while I was over there, like, we're sending you, when you get back to Atlanta from Tokyo, you're going out to Arizona. I was your backup, just in case when you were over in Phoenix, I think we were out in Scottsdale. Yes. You were at the, you were at the, at the Diamondbacks ballpark, and I was like the backup, and I kind of was like the field reporter a little bit, and, you know, I shared up, you know, you drove, and I was in the car with you and Mike Schmidt. That's I mean, that was, right. That I was almost amazing. forgot about that. Yeah, because we had those so, double headers every day. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> So, so I was over there getting all ready 
And, you know, I mean, we knew day one, there's plenty of time for you and Mike to get over from, from the Diamondbacks ballpark, um, bank one at the time, I guess, uh, over to the giant spring training, uh, complex for, you know, for the other first round. And what do we have? We had Mexico, South Africa, um, I forget the other teams now, uh, the other two teams, but you know, I mean, I wasn't doing play by play. You were going to make it over there in plenty of time. So, you know, I observed, I watched, I gave a report or two and, you know, and that, that was about it. Um, but that was an amazing experience, uh, to be in Japan for it, especially for the first one. Um, it's the only time, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm within, I'm on the field. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm within 10 feet of Sadahara O and Ichiro, um, all in the same moment. And the fun one that I love to share there is I told my wife, and we live in Connecticut now, my wife grew up in Connecticut. When we used to come up and visit her family, Bobby Valentine's restaurant was in Stanford, Connecticut. So I said, if we run into Bobby Valentine at any point in time and during this trip, I'm selling you out that you've never let me go to his restaurant. (laughs) So first morning, we're off the, you know, we we got in locally around 10 o'clock at night. So we went right to bed. We're exhausted off the plane. The next morning, we're, we're, we're walking down the hallway in the, in the, uh, hotel. Um, the elevator opens up. There's a gentleman, you, his back is to us, but he's got a beautiful leather jacket on salt and pepper hair. I'm like, Holy cow. That's Bobby Valentine. I'm like, it's on, it's go time right here. <laughs> so the door closed. I'm like, Bobby, may I introduce myself? Sure. I'm like, my name's Steve Lennox. This is my wife, Lauren. She's from Connecticut, you know, grew up in Hamden, you know, parents live in Guilford. You know, can you please tell her the next time we're in Connecticut, she's got to take me to your restaurant. You know, it gives me a little check on the shoulder. We're best friends now. You know, we get downstairs. He's looking at us. He's like, you're looking for coffee to my wife. He's like, there's a Starbucks on every corner. So that's my, that's one of my many Bobby Valentine stories. But, uh, again, yeah, the, the world baseball classic being over there, you know, China first time with baseball, um, you know, you know, Korea beating Japan, um, and then Japan coming back. And I think ended up winning it all still. So, but, but didn't, but didn't win that opening round being the host, being the host country. We'll have more with Steve Lennox from ESPN radio right after this. When it's time for new tires, you want the lowest prices and the best service, don't you? Well, Kane's Tire in San Rafael has you covered on both. Kane's has the lowest prices in Marin County, and they provide the warm and welcoming service that you can only receive from a family-run business. Voted Best of Marin for 35 years in a row, Kane's prices beat Costco's prices every time. Kane's Tire, 1531 4th Street in San Rafael. Give him a call at 415 453 2942. That's 415-453-2942 for Kane's Tire. Let's switch gears and talk a little bit about the NFL. A big story this week is Jeff Saturday taking over as the head coach of the Colts. No experience, but you know, we've seen it, Steve, in other leagues where, you know, Steve Curry didn't have any head coaching experience, and look what happened there. Or even in baseball, Aaron Boone has done a pretty good job. He wasn't a manager before, but this one seems to be getting a lot of criticism because he just hasn't been a coach at all, and it's in the middle of the season. How do you think this transpires? He's got ties to the organization. That's what I always, you know, he's got the relationship. And that's what I think people that just kind of gloss over it and, and, and listening to the radio the last couple of days of like the very generic take of what we're going to have on this whole situation. He's got the relationship with the organization. This isn't like a brand new thing of, hey, we're going to take Jeff Saturday out of Bristol. We like what he does on the air. He seems smart. He, there's a there's a relationship there. Um 
is it in term for the remainder of the season, or did he get a couple of years on the deal? I, that, I think I guess, it's in, it's in term for yeah. Right so now, yeah. so this is to sort of come in, see what it's all about, see if he's a fit. They're not making the postseason, right? They're not making the NFL playoffs. Yeah, so, so let him let him see if he's a fit. But then you you know you could possibly go in other directions. I. You know, I wish Jeff Saturday the best. If this is something he wanted to do, I can't believe how quickly it has fallen apart. You know, I thought they were sort of, you know, Frank Reich a few years ago was, hey, he might end up with another job because he's, you know, and I don't follow the NFL the way of Major League Baseball, but I thought he was sort of like, you know, okay, this is this is going to, it's going to work for the Colts. And then all of a sudden it didn't. And this is where they're at right now. Um, you know, the people who don't like it right now, they could have egg on their face in a couple of months that, or, you know, in a year or two that Jeff Saturday went in there and he was the perfect hire. Um, or they could say, hey, I told you so. It was the wrong move, um, you know, if, if it doesn't work out. Um, but, you know, Ursay is a different owner too, right? Uh, he's going to yeah. <laughs> do what he wants to do. And that's the way all the NFL owners are. Um, you know, if this isn't the off season, I mean, he's got to interview other people, but he, he, he thought this was the, the the place, and I mean, this didn't come together just this weekend after another loss, or, or you know, this this was probably in the makings for a few weeks, and I'm sure they kicked the tires on it, you know, well in advance of this weekend. Yeah, well, I hope I hope he does well. Seems like a great guy. Uh, on to the NBA real quick, and the big story there really has been Kyrie Irving getting suspended. <laughs> but I don't know if you saw this story about how Steve Nash was calling plays and he was just blowing them off. Now, I don't know. Maybe that happens all the time in the NBA and we just don't know about it. But it was a story that I just saw in the New York Post online. Yeah. I, I just, to me, that really spoke to, man, here's a guy who really just doesn't get it. And uh, I, I don't know about his future in the NBA and even with the Nets, of course. First, can we admit and acknowledge how bad the New York Post is online at this point in time? <laughs> right. <laughs> can we start there? I mean, at some point, I'm just going to say I'm not visit. I don't visit ten times a day anymore. <laughs> but at some point, I'm just going to say I'm no longer visiting ever. Uh, Kyrie Irving is. I mean, did Kyrie Irving do that to Mike Krzyzewski at Duke in his in his stint there? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Um, I don't think he did. Right. Uh, you know, Steve Nash. That was. <laughs> Boy, he was, I mean, even Kyrie, when, when Nash was hired, you know, we're, we're coaches on the floor. Um, you know, this is what we're going to do. Uh, that net situation, you know, it didn't work out. You know, I mean, it's, and I, and I, I hate to say it, but I'm, I'm, you know, Don Imus used to say that team can't lose enough. And that's kind of how I feel about the nets right now. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't usually wish it. Um, but you know, I just, you know, the way they put it together, the way things, you know, sort of, you know, have transpired over the last couple of years. I'm glad it hasn't worked because you know what? Next time there's a big three or they want to put it together, you know, they're going to think twice about it. How these guys have stayed loyal to each other is amazing. How these guys show up at practice together with each other is amazing. Um, I may very well read Kevin Durant's book if he writes it in the future or whatever <laughs> documentary he puts on his tenure with the Nets. Um, and if, if he speaks very openly and honestly about it, it's, it, this has had to have been hard, but. Uh, Kyrie Irving's, uh, you know what, Steve Nash got let go. That probably was the best day for Steve Nash. I mean, he's the lucky one. He got out. Um, (laughs) And I hope Jock Vaughn does well. Um, And and it was interesting that they, you know, I mean, behind the scenes, they went away from Ime Oduka and, you know, whatever transpired there to say, hey, no, you know, you really don't want to go in this direction. But that tells you about the organization right now. That's not very well run. Um, and Sean Marks might be the next one that, that leaves, and that might be best the best thing for him. Um, and then there's another guy of, of Sean Marks comes from the Spurs organization, comes to the Nets, 
his star was on the rise. Hey, this is going to work out. This is the guy, you know, he's put it all together. Well, you know, it's probably more the agents and the players putting it together maybe than it was Sean Marks. But, you know, Jacques Vaughn right now, we've seen it, Joe. You know, he's going to be the player's coach until he's not the player's coach, until he actually has to instill some discipline or, or say something, you know, to get the locker room. Because, you know, Kyrie Irving's not the only guy in that locker room. He's got to deal with, you know, eight, uh, 12, 15 other players and, you know, they've got to be on the same page. They're still very talented team, but I don't know all this drama that they could ever, ever win an NBA title, which is the want. But um, uh, it, no, there's uh, nothing going forward anymore, unless Kyrie Irving un- understands that the world is round um, and admits to that. <laughs> right. Nothing nothing surprises me with him at, at this point in time. It, it's just it's It's just the next the next layer of the Kyrie Irving story and, and the drama that exists around it. Yeah. Well, it gives the media something to talk about. All right. Before it we, before, before we run out of time, I, I want to get into your career and just currently uh, working at ESPN radio. Tell me how much you enjoy doing the updates, getting a chance to do some uh, baseball play by play and uh, you know what it's like over there at ESPN these days. You know, I, I never, the want was never to be in Bristol um, or the goal was never there. It was always to, you know, be a play-by-play announcer. You know, I, I, I knew, you know, when we, when I came through the minor leagues, it was, you know, I knew when I, I always felt like I always was going to know the time it was time to go. And it was when I, when I finally departed from minor league baseball, um, Bristol has, has kept me going. Um, you know, and I, talking with college students recently was a matter of a phone call to one guy, PG and senior saying, Hey, this is where I'm at. I'm in, you know, I'm in Connecticut now, you know, I'm, I'm looking for different opportunities and trying to see what doors can open. And, and he helped open the door for me. I got into New York initially. Um, you know, I was there for a short time doing updates with, uh, the New York ESPN radio affiliate. Uh, they shut that down. They, they got rid of update anchors. Um, and then I ended up in Bristol and, you know, doing updates. Was it at my speed? You know, was it at, you know, did it happen as quickly as I wanted it? no, uh, but I've enjoyed it, and I've 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 sort of been able to you know create a niche for myself almost, or you know to do other things, you know to go from uh, doing updates to hosting Sports Center all night, um, which you know you and I remember Chuck Wilson, um, oh, you know yeah. that was that was my guy of yeah. you know that was on the road of you know the the little radio in the in the hotel room doing minor league baseball games in the Carolina League. Chuck Wilson kept me up at night with Sports Center all night, and then all of a sudden now now I'm doing what Chuck Wilson was doing. Um, you know that that was pretty neat to start doing that. Now do back involved in baseball to a certain degree. I've done college baseball on the different platforms of ESPN, uh, you know SEC Network. I got to go down to Texas a few years ago, and I was doing stuff on the Longhorn Network for them. Uh, it's been great, um, you know, and just you know just to kind of you know continue to build on that role. Um, and you know when they asked me to do something new that. You know, they've got the confidence in me to do it. And, you know, not only once, but to be asked back a second, third, and, you know, multiple times after that. Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting when you mentioned doing SportsCenter all night, because I listen to that all the time. And I think the, the you know, ratings are high. And when you do something like that compared to doing a minor league baseball game where you're just not sure how many people are listening, uh, I, don't, I don't think that I ever thought about that. I would always just do whatever game I'm doing, no matter who's listening, whatever the number is. I just feel like if there's one person listening, then I owe it to them to do a great job. What goes through your mind as far as, you know, just the audience size compared to when you were doing your first minor league games? 
And Joe, I'll say you're the one who instilled it, that in me. Um, you know, I you know read about Vince Scully. If you never know who's listening or anything, but you you know when when I was introduced to you and you worked in Rochester, you were that guy who who shared that with me. Of you you don't know who your audience is. You don't know who's going to be in that audience on any particular night. Um, and that's why I always you know put the headset on at six forty or whatever time for a pregame show, and you know tried to do my best for that one particular night to be in that moment. Um, you know, and, and you shared with that meet with me early on and something I still keep to this day, but, um, you know, it's, it's just as versatile, I think, as I've tried to make myself, there are guys who are even more versatile. You know, I, I talked with somebody recently, like you don't do football. I'm like, no, I don't do football. And it goes back to, I didn't grow up with football. Um, but I, you know, I've, my passion has always been on the baseball side and the basketball side. Um, you know, you know, from that standpoint, uh, to be able to put that in there, but you know, just, you know, the mechanics of play by play doing the TV has been interesting because, you know, as you know, you make the, your analyst, it's more conversational. You don't have to be on every single pitch, right. um, you know, and things like that, um, where it's been more conversational and I've enjoyed that side of it. Um, but to be able to paint that picture, to be able to be the eyes for that audience uh, of just, you know, describing each, you know, being on each pitch and, you know, trying to get those storylines in there and the different things. It's it that's for me. And I, and I think probably you of it, that's the challenge. And that's, that's why we enjoy it so much of, you know, every, you know, that ball's put in play. Where is it going next? You know, we got that 15 seconds to describe it, to paint the picture, talk about it a little bit and move on to the next batter. Um, I've always, I've always enjoyed that part of it. And just, you know, you, you touched on the, the things that you do in research. I, I love to be able to read books, you know, Google is my friend still, um, of just, you know, learning different aspects to hit a story from a different angle. Um, you know, college baseball has allowed me to do that in many ways of, you know, okay, this has been hit on with this guy three or four times, you know, in the games that they've been on, how can I hit the story from a different angle? And I've loved to be able to do that and, you know, have guys, you know, trying to, you know, Hey, you know, he's doing that particular game. I've got that team next week. And I hit on a story angle and they're like, you know, Hey, I'm going to outright steal that. Or, you know, I'm going to now do what you did and try to add to that storyline and find a different angle to it. You know what I like about your style, Steve, is that you're using your own voice, no matter what you're doing, if it's play by play, or if it's doing a uh, sports center update or sports center all night. And you don't hear that all the time these days. I mean, it seems like some broadcasters want to be somebody else or they want, they want to be uh, Biff Barf. I don't know if you remember that imitation that, that, <laughs> <laughs> that Roy, I think it was Roy Firestone who did it. He's like, Biff Barf, I'm the announcer yep. for the Cleveland Indians, ah, whatever. It, it, you don't do that. And I think that the announcers who just kind of have their own style and are not trying to be phony uh, are the ones that I like the best. What do you think? I agree, and 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 it's been something you know. Uh, I've I've been told over the years you got to be more conversational. I'm like, I I think I am, you know, and and I, that's something I've always fought um, the bosses on who have who have come up with that critique of you know wh- where else do you want me to be? And I, and I'll I'll be the first to admit I'm never I've never been a person that's always been comfortable in their own skin of of doing that of you know okay you know someone's listening and oh you know i did make a mistake and you're going to kill yourself on that mistake and what are you going to do next you're going to make another one <laughs> right you know it, it is that forgiven for you know for you know do it and move on learn from it that way just move on from it um you know from that standpoint but yeah i've always i've always tried you know be yourself in the booth if i if i tried to use that voice uh, you know and and, and I, I i struggle with that sometimes on updates 
um, you know, of, you know, speaking too fast, you know, and having that slip up of, you know, where's that voice coming from? And, you know, and, and taking voice classes over the years of, you know, okay, they only went so far, but, you know, I've read different things of where, you know, how, you, you know, your posture and those different things, they all add into it. And, and, and that's when I struggle doing update shifts, that's where I go back and think about that. Okay. Where's your voice at? What are you trying to do here? Why are you going so fast? Or why, you know, why are you, you know, sort of in that? And sometimes it just comes down to the concentration of it um, yeah. as well. Yeah. Well, Steve, thanks a lot for joining me. I really appreciate it. Uh, good luck over there and continued success at ESPN. And how many days until pitchers and catchers report? <laughs> where are we? Uh, we're day, we're <laughs> day number three. We're day number three of the off season, so we've got a ways to go. But uh, too many, <laughs> you know. As 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 we know, there's no off season anymore. We're we're going to be neck deep in free agency here, and you know, I I think it moves faster uh, than it than it has the last couple of years. You know, we've gone into January, February. I think the hot stove and the winter meetings. I think we could be good here, you know, at the end of November and into December where, you know, you've got four shortstops on the market. You've got starting pitchers. You better go get what you can get as soon as you can get it, um, you know, in, in, in sort of, you know, at least the starting pitchers uh, market, perhaps that, you know, those guys come off the board faster. So the off season's here. I enjoy it just as much as the season because it's, it's a different feel. Yeah, absolutely. And will Aaron Judge be a San Francisco giant? That's the big story around my area. I don't know about that. Gonna have to shell out the money. <laughs> Better have a big checkbook ha- handy. Yes, sir. It's exactly. not mine. <laughs> <laughs> not mine, exactly. Thanks, Steve. Show a pleasure. <laughs> Appreciate it. And we'll talk to you down the road. Thank you so much. That's Steve Lennox from ESPN Radio. Join us again next time for another edition of the Sports Virus Podcast. For now, I'm Joe Castellano. Thanks for listening on the Believe Podcast Network. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.